0: I'm Alicia McElisek Kurtz, an emergency doctor based in California, and this is Real Talk, a place where doctors and other healthcare professionals tell stories about their human experiences working in medicine. On today's episode, we'll hear a story from Yafa Menazad, a neurologist based in California. Yafa's story was recorded at a live Real Talk session in the South San Francisco Bay Area in California. Medicine is demanding of our time. Whether it's medical school or residency, or even as an attending physician, it often pulls us away from places that we wish we were on holidays or evenings or weekends. And we often find ourselves feeling guilty, like we're letting down the people that we love the most. But sometimes we get to find out that we're wrong.
1: This is Yaffa's story. So I was saying I had my first child when I was an intern and my second child, when I was a resident, and the saddest, one of the saddest days of my life, I still remember it to this day that I was so panicky and so sad and so down, was the first day that I left my child and went to work. And I and the the, the theme of the day for me was like, how am I going to do this? I'm go, I'm How am I going to choose between my job, I'm in the middle of residency, I can't let this go, and raise my child and be there for her. And I remember one of the, throughout the course of the next few years or so, the theme in my head that always was like circling was I had to choose between my job and my kids and I also had to um, I wasn't present all the time I wasn't there for my kids and I remember I used to like to talk to my sister and my family and say I'm worried that my kids are going to grow up not knowing that they had a mother I felt like I wasn't there for them, felt very, very inadequate. I carried the shame and the you know, pain, and I did a lot of you know, self-infliction of the misery and, and all of that, and I all brought it on myself without knowing it, it's not like I go around and tell myself, oh, I'm such a bad mother all day long. It was just the story that was like circling in my head. Um, And it was, this is my older one, she's 18 now, and it wasn't until she was a little older and she was about to go to high school um, and she wrote an essay for her high school about a question they asked her. It wasn't until then, when she was in eighth grade, that I realized I had it all wrong. I had done years and years of damage to myself and I probably have PTSD from all those years and I had it all wrong. Before I go there, let me tell you, my kids are not the most expressive kids on the face of this planet. They don't tell you, you know, what's going on, the questions, especially as they become teenagers, the answers become less and less and less. Uh, when she was going to, um, when she was in seventh grade, she was going to a camp away from me for the first time for a whole week and they said, no phone calls, no texting, no emails, you have to write a letter to your parents and say how you're doing. And my mom and my sister got these glorious you know, postcards in front and back filled up with you know, stories and what they did and how, how she did and how happy she was and wonderful. And this is what I got. It says all <laughs> swag. <laughs> So this is the kid who, like, does not tell me what's going on in her head. And maybe if they did, I wouldn't be so miserable all these years of my life. Anyway, I came across her essay by accident. She left it on my computer, and hit, this is way after she has applied to high school. And they tell her—I'm just going to read you the first paragraph. They ask her, tell us about your family and friends, and what do you most admire about them? She said, I'm lucky to come from a very loving and supportive family. I'm a Persian-Jewish descent. My parents' families <coughs> fled Iran— as Jewish religious refugees. I most admire my mother. When she came to America at 19 years of age, uh, she could barely speak English. If you ask my kids, I can still barely speak English. This is the theme in our house. Um, She went to college at USC and UCLA and is now a neurologist in Pasadena. When I tell her she's lucky to have such a successful career after starting from so little, she tells me that luck played no part in it. Hard work alone got her from where she was then to where she is now. I don't know about you guys, but when I give my uh, kids a pep talk or I talk to them, I get eye rolls, I get grunting, nobody listens to what I have to say. So when I actually read this, I was shocked. I'm like, things are actually getting through. She actually listens to me. And then she goes about the two things I admire most about my mom are her work ethics and how she maintains a connection to her roots and background. She's often awake at ridiculous hours of the night, seeing patients through telemedicine, program allowing doctors and patients connect through video chat, and constantly takes calls from work. On top of this, she wakes up at 5.15 every morning to go to the gym. Like, which kid cares if you like get up and go to the gym? And then while managing her two daughters and busy schedule at work, however, my mom always maintains her bonds with her culture and background. She aims to keep the Jewish flame alive in, our, in my sister and me. Although we are in an environment where Judaism is not prevalent, my mom makes sure that my sister and I never forget where we come from. So none of these were ever, ever, ever in my head that mattered. And when I read this essay, I, can, I called my sister. I'm like, I cannot believe that everything that I've been kind of torturing myself and 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 uh, you know worrying about did not matter to them. Nobody complained that they came home and there was no warm dinner. No one complained that I wasn't there at every single you know, uh, birthday party. No one complained that I wasn't there for every uh, cultural event they had at school and all the you know, PTA meetings. I barely ever go to school and to their to their teachers' meetings. I, I never met most of them you know during the year. Um, no one complained about that. No one complained that I missed some of their birthdays because I was at work or you know something was going on. But the thing that I never gave myself a um, credit, and I th- I, this is the message that I want to get across, is that you don't realize the thing that you're doing for your kids is you're being their role model. My kids don't know any better than to get up and get dressed, go to work, show up, be responsible, be reliable, be on time, and all of that. All the other things that we care about is fluff. It doesn't matter how you, like, you know keep a face or a, a, like, you know, a, a picture that you're, you're strong and you're wonderful and all that. No, it's actually good to be vulnerable. It's good to fail. It's good to teach them how you fail and how you get back on. You don't have to put up a show. You just have to be yourself and do your best. There is nothing else that you have to do and you don't have to pretend to be something that you cannot do or, or show it as you're struggling. I actually think if you struggle and you're anxious and nervous and you try to do things that really doesn't matter to them, you leave a bad influence of them because they think that this is what they're supposed to do. Um, my point is always, you know, I learned from this, what I learned from this experience is that um, being kind and respectful to myself and, being, and giving myself credit for being a role model actually helps my kids to be more independent and on their own and be better, better people. Um, these are my two daughters that she got in the habit of making challah which is a Jewish you know holiday bread I've never done that before in my life so this is something that she picked up on her own and it was kind of nice to see you know they're heading that direction and they actually care about you know religion and family and I tell you one of the things that was important again that I did not think that they appreciate or it it mattered was that I think my kids have a sense of self-identity that actually gives them a lot of confidence of who they are and where they come from and they also have tons of respect for other cultures which is which is what makes them successful and you know, confident people in, in life, I think. Um, it doesn't end, you know, when you make them super independent, you need to watch out because she was, as she was going to college six months ago, she sent me this list of rules, that uh, college process rules, things you're not allowed to ask. What does so-and-so have that you don't have? What are the chances that you're getting into such and such? These are questions I wasn't supposed to ask her while she's applying for college. <laughs> Uh, does such and such increase your chance of getting into such and such college? What about Lily? By the way, Lily got into Dartmouth and she did really well. <laughs> can I post this on you know, such and such? Can I tell so and so? How about Stanford? And can you get recruited to their such and such team? So my kids turned out to be these very independent people. Maybe part of it is because I wasn't there like you know, uh, really watching over every single detail of their life. So these are the rules I sent back to her. Can I have this? Can I buy that? Can I have your credit card? Where is my such and such? Can you pick me up? So so the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, the things that we think as providers and as doctors, especially when we're pursuing our job, something that we love and we want to do, and I get, I, my, I love my job. And that's actually one of the other things that my kids are learning. I absolutely fly to work every day. I love what I do, the challenges, the good things, the bad things, the things in between. I really have, uh, I'm lucky and fortunate enough to pick something that I, I get such a personal satisfaction out of. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to actually pursue what I wanted to do and not to sacrifice my whole entire self for, you know, for, um, <coughs> for some, something else. And that was the right thing to do I f- believe as a mom for raising my kids. And I hope when you guys walk out of here I see a lot of young, you know, especially mom, and by, by the way, this applies to dads too. Um, it's not just for mothers obviously is that you give yourself a lot of credit, you stand up with your head high up, and, you know, be a role model for your kids, and stop worrying about things that don't matter. That's basically my message here today.
0: Like Yafa, everyone who works in healthcare has sacrificed something for their career. Think about the sacrifices you have made with your family and friends, how have you felt guilty because of your career? When was a time you felt affirmed by your family or friends for the person that you are and the career that you chose? If you have a story that you wanna share with Real Talk or you want more information about our program, email us at realtalk at vituity.com or follow us on Instagram at real.talk.podcast. Special thanks to Yafa Minazad for sharing her story with us, to the team at Vituity for supporting this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk.